0: Um, i'm glad you could join us this week as we celebrate jazz fest Mm -hmm. this should come out right in between the two weekends of jazz fest so we wanted to cover it at an appropriate time and also i'm drinking today so may the
1: odds be ever in our favor that this turns out that's all i'm gonna say i mean i feel like that's very music festival appropriate right so i'm just ready to party (laughs) ready to party
0: This, uh, it's actually called Jazz Fest in New Orleans Story. It came out in 2022. It's an hour and 35 minutes long. We rented it on Amazon. I think you could rent it on Apple or Vudu, but I didn't see it streaming anywhere for free. Mm -hmm. It was directed by Frank Marshall and Ryan Suffern. So.
1: Yeah. Good stuff.
0: First of all, let's talk a little bit about what is Jazz Fest. Mm. Jazz Fest is a celebration of culture. It's a jazz and heritage festival. It's a celebration of all the cultures in New Orleans. and all the music, for example, the lineup this year includes Ed Sheeran, Lizzo, Steve Miller Band, Kenny Loggins, Wu-Tang Clan. So you got a big diverse <laughs> range there. It's not like all jazz or all blues. It's
1: all music mm-hmm. is welcome, which is pretty awesome. Right. So this is specifically discussing that this is a 50th anniversary. Of Jazz mm-hmm. Fest, is it? Which year is it that they're focused on here? I forget.
0: So this was the fiftieth running yes. of it. So it was twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one person did mention that all the best musicians from around the world come to New Orleans for Jazz and Heritage Festival. They say there are seven thousand musicians on fourteen stages over eight days. That's crazy amount. It's a crazy amount. That's I did the math. It's eight hundred and seventy five artists a day. Essentially, that's a lot. Right, because they were
1: saying that it's seven or eight hours at least all day long. It's all day for four days Mm -hmm. for two different weekends. Mm -hmm. And so you
0: have so many different tents. And one person commented at one point in time throughout this. So like as you're walking from one stage to the next, you'll pass other tents, which you'll hear the music and you get pulled in. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of little local bands, which were almost my favorite when we went. I went in 2016. Oh, wow.
1: Okay.
0: And... um. Like the, the headliners in 2016 were Van Morrison, which is who I specifically went to see, but also Snoop Dogg. So, you know, those go hand <laughs> in hand, but they have a lot of little local bands that people who have been going for years or who live in the area and follow these bands go to see. And it's just,
1: it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's just, Everyone's just having so much fun. It's amazing. Right. I really like it because somebody says, if you, if you've made it as an artist, if you're invited or you end up playing at Jazz Fest. Like, this mm-hmm. is a role not only a draw for the fans, but it's kind of a, you know, you've arrived if you're playing, yeah, yeah, if you're an artist. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that that was cool that it just seems like it's setting the stage is everybody's excited to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much mm-hmm. fun.
0: And it's in April. So, usually this year it's the end of April, early March, um, but it's usually around, like, or oh, sorry, end of April, early May. <laughs> they both start
1: with them. Time pocket. is fluid. It's fine.
0: Yeah. But, uh so it's not too, too hot and humid mm-hmm. yet. Don't get me wrong. It is really hot. You're out in the sun on, on the fairgrounds. So there's not a whole lot of shade unless you go into the tents, but it's, um it's manageable mm-hmm. and tolerable. Sure. Which I can't say that in the middle of July in New Orleans. Yeah.
1: So. Seems like they've chosen a good time as far as in the year. <laughs> right. And yeah. New Orleans to me is one of my
0: favorite cities of all time. Like, cities are usually kind of the same, but if anyone from another country is coming to the United States, that's the one place I always tell them to go. Go to New Orleans, because it's different than
1: anywhere else in the world. Right. It's such an amazing city. We've got to go. I want to go. I mean, the music is one thing, right? But I also want to go on the ghost tours. (laughs) Like, I would love to go for, like, October, for Halloween, because I think they really do it up. Yeah. That would be so fun. That would be really fun. So... Maybe we'll put that on our list, but I I think there are a lot of. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mardi Gras is, I would say, the other giant draw for New Orleans. Yeah. Just because it's famous, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How do you think, how do we get started on the Jazz Fest?
0: Okay. So they talk about there was a Newport Jazz Festival in like the late 50s. Uh, They show Louis Armstrong playing. So, of course, it's legit. But George Ween, who was the creator of the Newport Jazz Fest, they asked him to come to New Orleans and, you know, do a festival similar to that down there. This is in 1962 when they still had Jim Crow law. Right. So he's like, there's no way we can do this festival. If white people and black people can't play at the same time with the, on the same stage, it's not going to work. Right. And so he wouldn't do it, which I appreciate. He's also married to a black That's woman. That's what so I that wanted to say. Helped. Yeah,
1: that he, yeah. he kind of had some other reasons to say, mm-mm. Right. Yeah.
0: But they were able to get it going in 1970. The first New Orleans Jazz and
1: Heritage Festival was in 1970. Mm-hmm. And George is excited about this, right? Because of the unique culture that you were kind of mentioning. The, this mm-hmm. is like no place in the world. And they really embrace foods and um different music types and the people like all of it is welcome and mixed up and come up with something new and that's what new orleans does best so um Mm -hmm. he knows that they've got something special to start right Mm -hmm. and new orleans is the home of jazz that's where it started
0: so what better place right Right. i also like the first year that he insisted on only new orleans musicians playing yeah so he had one Mahalia Jackson, who we talked about. I saw that,
1: too. I was so Summer excited. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I know. She was really famous and really big deal. Mm-hmm. And so she was from New Orleans and she played and Duke Ellington played. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could say every year that you'd only have New Orleans musicians and probably still have the most amazing show ever. So there's that.
1: Yeah. I think George makes a good move because he gets a guy named Quint Davis, who is a local and... He kind of knows all about the music and all about the culture, and he becomes the producer and director, and he talks about this is sort of the world series of musical festivals. So I thought that's a nice way to talk about what a real big deal it is for people who may not be so super familiar. Well, and
0: Quint was like a kid. He looks like a baby. Right? You could just come on board and help us run this huge (laughs) festival. That'd be great. Thanks. (laughs) Um, they also had Ellis Marsalis, mm-hmm. Jr. He was helping to identify. He was a jazz musician himself. So they kind of pegged him to help get some other local artists from the scene to kind of come in and, and play the festival, which
1: was mostly Cajun blues and gospel the first round. Right. 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 And I think it's funny because like Ellis was helping out secure the music, you know, the talent, but also they were hanging out at the bars and you know, like yes that sounds like mm-hmm. a blast
0: that's the job i need Hell yeah mm-hmm. so then they kind of show us throughout this they're showing us snippets of the 2019 festival mm-hmm. which was the 50th showing or holding of the jazz and heritage mm-hmm. festival they show us earth wind and fire who was also celebrating their 50th anniversary so i love that these two like the heritage festival and earth wind and fire kind of grew up together because right. they played the festival quite a bit and i'm like oh so cute
1: so sweet yeah i like it that Quint talks about, you know, early on they were expected to fail because how on earth could we get Latin people and Black people and Cajun people to all come together? And I'm like, they're already doing that? (laughs) Like, again. I know. Just because you try to separate them doesn't mean they want to be separated. Right. They, they're good? I don't know. It was just funny Mm -hmm. to be like, well, I mean, we couldn't possibly do something different and fun. Dumbasses. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So they have a lot of different musicians and a lot of people talking in this. And I didn't get everyone's name. Mm-hmm. But they talk about how George, the founder, he was on here and he was really TV. He had shrunken down to a tiny little man by the time they filmed this. He said that they create, like, it's a whole city, right? There's food. Right? There's culture. There's music. There's wares for sale. I bought shoes while I was there because the ones that I brought with me were cute but not comfortable. Mm. So... I bought shoes while I was there. Um, they have everything, everything you need for those seven days or eight days.
1: Right. So they say they don't have any structures to start. And if you need an idea of how large this is, there's 100,000 people in attendance. That's the sixth largest city in Louisiana when it's going yeah. on. So, I mean, that is, I mean, that gives me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that's real, real peopley. But there'll also be beignets, so I might be able to make my way. <laughs> yeah, right. it's really a mm-hmm. trade-off. Yeah, and I don't
0: like a lot of people, but I didn't feel really crowded when we went there, so it was it was fine. It's enough space. Mm-hmm. It's very big space, so you don't feel that bad.
1: Well, I also think people seem to be really happy there. I'm not saying that there aren't some incidences. I mean, they don't discuss that in particular, but the footage that they show, the bands are psyched to be there. The people are, you know, jamming and dancing and eating stuff and having mm-hmm. a good time. So I think, you know, that kind of energy probably makes you feel happy to be there instead of like, <laughs> like sometimes you go to festivals and it's crowded and people are pushing each other and stuff like that. But I do not get the vibe that that's the way it is.
0: No. And they also don't have the Hells Angels trying to be security <laughs> and that helps
1: every time. Yeah. <laughs> a little chip <laughs> on your shoulder to start. Mm-mm. So one of the things they talk about is that is Congo
0: square. So what makes New Orleans music unique is because the slaves were able to praise and worship and beat the drums in Congo square. They were allowed to congregate there and do this. And that's kind of carried through in their music. Mm -hmm. And later on, someone had talked about how people have come from all over the world to find drummers from New Orleans because they drum differently than everybody else in the world. And they tried to explain it, but my tiny lady brain just couldn't really understand what they were talking about and how it was different. But apparently it's different than every other kind of drumming
1: anywhere, which is so weird and interesting. Right. And jazz and brass bands are prevalent here, right? So you've got the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. You've got Mm -hmm. Dirty Dozen Brass Band. You've got the High Steppers Brass Band. And they are all playing uniquely new orleans flavor jazz Mm -hmm. so i think that that's sort of like if you come up you're taught whatever this special syncopation or whatever it is and so i think how fun you know everything in
0: new orleans feels fun (laughs) right and they they do talk about that they talk about how even a jazz funeral which please when i die could you have a, a New Orleans jazz funeral through the streets for me. I would love that so much. Right. But they, you know, it's kind of slow and somber mm-hmm. getting to the funeral. But once it's done, it's then a celebration. You're celebrating the life. You're celebrating the community, and the spirit is still part of the community. Mm-hmm. And they celebrate life more than death. And I love that. That's such a unique way to look at life. Right. Uh, most of our culture is very terrified of death, and here's like, man, it's part of life, and it sucks, but let's celebrate what
1: we have. Right. There's cat any- named Fred LeBlanc, he is with Cowboy Mouth, and he talks about the joy of life in New Orleans, the joie de vivre, and, um, you know, how much they are embracing of death, which sounds weird, but it's sort of like, it's just another transition. It's not to be feared. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. just really living and enjoying what you can while you can. And that does seem different to um the rest of our culture, which is like, what? We couldn't possibly grow old. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. No wrinkles here. <laughs> one of the cats that plays every single year, She her first jazz fest was in 1974, and she's not missed one since, mm-hmm. is Irma Thomas. I love that she has audience participation while she's singing, and they're swinging their hips, and they're waving their kerchiefs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she says there's no such thing as separation of culture in New Orleans. It's all blended together. You have immigrants coming from all over the world. You have different cultures blending and that's what they do here they blend they don't live in their own little areas and separate themselves it's all
1: blended together to make a nice jambalaya if you will <laughs> yes i love that too mhm we see the Ellis Marsalis junior footage of him playing and there's some discussion of how sacred jazz is to New Orleans which we've kind of already talked about but i love the fact that not only does the senior play but all four of his sons that are musicians he has six sons in total Mm -hmm. but four of them are and I think they're world-class musicians like releasing albums and playing on other stuff I mean they're not like sort of like you know treading on dad's name and that's it these Mm -hmm. are you know really high quality musicians of their own but they talk about We've been playing and going to Jazz Fest our whole life. And they all kind of recount these funny little memories and quips of, like, I met. Miles Davis. Yeah, or all this crazy <laughs> shit. And they, like, you know, they talk about it didn't really land until I was much older to who these people were mm-hmm. and, and how that related to um, the art that they, you know, are all invested in here. But it was so adorable. And, you know, kind of talking about that their dad is getting on. He's in his 80s at the time of... Um, this recording and that they don't necessarily play so much together anymore but how special it is and how much they're enjoying it
0: it was nice yeah they did talk about that 50th mm-hmm. anniversary that they played and they said it might be the last time they all five played together together even one of them said that he didn't remember the first time he played jazz fest he couldn't remember exactly what year it was he's like but i know i wasn't ready but dad just put it out there he's <laughs> like all right it's time to go like <laughs> get on out there and he was like okay you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of his dad's way to be like, this is this is the way you have to learn. This is how
1: music works. And right. And it makes you a better musician. Like you play on stage better, you know, when you get used to the fact that you're just going to have to deal with some stuff that you're not ready for. So
0: I think the novelty of jazz is there's a there's a lot
1: of fluidity to it. Right. So if someone makes a wrong note, I probably won't know. Right. I mean, I think that's part of it is there's not. I mean, that maybe that's my complaint. <laughs> I'm, not much structure. Yeah, I'm learning to appreciate jazz because it is an art. It's just I'm not very practiced. But for this little segment, they show a ton of family photos and they are so fun to see. So it was fun to see a family that had had this in the blood for a while. Can you imagine growing up
0: going to Jazz Fest as a kid, just running around crazy? Cause in the seventies and the eighties, I mean, those kids were just let loose, right? Just whatever, go eat some some horribly fried
1: <laughs> food and come back when it's dark. I mean, do you think that it was a thing where people knew who these kids were? Like it was probably started off small enough that they were established, you know? So I would right. not be surprised if, you know, the food vendors knew them and, you know, some of that kind of stuff. So it probably was really fun right. to to be there at that time crazy (laughs) crazy yeah
0: i did think of you when they showed herbie hancock playing which who knew he was such a jazz virtuoso yeah but he was playing it was very loosey-goosey
1: like (laughs) all over the place and i'm like oh aaron's gonna hate this Uh, just jam band (laughs) nightmare uh no (laughs) like i said it's not necessarily my cup of tea but i certainly can appreciate the art form yeah but BB King plays. There's a lady named Samantha mm. Fish, and her hair alone made me love her. It's just the most beautiful, curly. It's like a bob, but I mean, how she gets it to stay that curled is amazing. I'm guessing it's a wig, but it looks amazing. It really does look good. And then mm-hmm. Sonny Landreth also plays. He's a bit of a blues guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about all the different. Genres of music who have their roots in jazz, which is blues, soul, funk. I mean, all of it. So a lot of borrowing. And we kind of talked about some of this when we did the episode on the crossroads. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the same kind of discussion about that. So all are welcome to come uh, really back home to Jazz Fest. Right, Mm -hmm. right.
0: They do have a small bit here where they talk about the food. And they're like, some people... Only come for the food, most people come for the music as well, but it's a combination they're in. The food is crazy, there's so much food. It's like everything's fried, everything is like one person said it's just fried and dairy, and I'm like, oh, it sounds so good, my stomach would be so unhappy the whole time. I mean also
1: being out in the sun for hours and hours, so a little mm-hmm. bit rough on you mhm,
0: yeah, a lot of a lot of like crawfish and and you know seafood and which you know I'm not a fan of, so.
1: Yeah, and they mm. talked about some stuff. I mean, obviously as a northerner or whatever, but so I have a very defined idea of what a beignet is. But they're talking about crab beignet and all kinds of different uh, variations of mm-hmm. these things, and I'm like, oh, I mean, obviously, people are going to experiment and come up with little treats that are tasty, and then you know, and I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I love the idea of it. Yeah. Also,
0: they talk to Pitbull a lot in this, and they show one of his performances, which was a great performance, so get me wrong, but he was wearing, like, a full suit, and he looked so fucking hot, like, he's sweating, and I'm like, oh, sir, just look at the weather app
1: before you come. That's all you gotta do. It's available. (laughs) I find him such a... He's just a weird cat, in my opinion. Like, obviously, he really appeals to a lot of people, but I find him a little bit... uh, What did I write? Off putting, <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of Andrew Tate, and I hate oh, to put that out into man. the universe
0: because I'm sure he's not that horrible, but mm-hmm. something about the way he looks and he just comes off a little bit arrogant.
1: That, yeah, yeah, I,
0: yeah, well, I'm,
1: he had some. I'm sorry, Pitbull. I, yeah, um, you know what, if you want to come on the show and we can debate and talk about it? That'd be that'd be fine. <laughs> I'm absolutely, open, I'm open to learning more so. <laughs> In the performance that you're talking about for Fireball or whatever is the name of the song, um, he's got some mm-hmm. dancing girls. And I'm like, even that? I was just like, no. <laughs> but he's not the only one that they show with, you know, people on stage dancing alongside him. But in my opinion, this performance is a lot more, you know, objectifying to women. It was.
0: But... I possibly was also objectifying them, and I'm sorry. But I was like, God, they have great asses. They really do. You're dancing all the time. You're going to have great legs and great asses. But I'm like, well done, ladies. Well done. You know? I do. My favorite dancers, because you're you're right. A lot of them had dancers with them, which Mm -hmm. seems a little bit weird just to have a rando dancer. But towards the end, they talk about Al Green, and he had, like, two guys. Yep. And they had, like, white flowy pants, and they're just dancing, and it seemed... I don't know. I love them on one hand. On the other hand, I'm like, they seem a little out of place. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. After the Pitbull, when I noticed that he had some non-musician performers on stage, I kind of took a little bit more notice. And I saw those guys too. And I'm like, they're, they're getting mm-hmm. after it. And it looks great. But it just is a different vibe than what I'm used to seeing, I think, is really what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So... What they do talk about after this is if you go to New Orleans, take the time to go outside of the city Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in Louisiana, go to Lafayette, go to the swamp and actually see the swamp
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: that's where the Cajun music comes from. Right. Right. And so they start showing some people playing Cajun music. And so this is where I had to look up the difference between Cajun and Zydeco because I thought it was all Zydeco music. Yeah. What's the difference?
1: So they use a little bit different instrumentation, right? All of it is basically made for dancing, but there's a real distinction between a Caucasian Cajun music and a more African-American, what'd you call it? Uh, Zydeco. Zydeco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Zydeco really focuses on a very flamboyant electric accordion and some weird fucking washboard thing. um, A frater. Fretois. there you go. it's a vest Fretois. <laughs> and all i could think of is i could totally play
0: that like they have spoons just jamming up and down it and i'm like listen if i ever saw an
1: instrument that was made for me that's it right and some guys just have like gloves and they're running the the gloves i'm sure they and, have metal
0: tips on their fingers yeah or something like something to, to kind
1: of project but like this looks like mm-hmm. it's a washboard It's one piece and it fits over your head and then it's bent to go over your chest. And sometimes at the bottom, it flares out a little bit Mm -hmm. and it is amazing to watch them get after it. It was so
0: crazy. And also the guy playing the accordion, albeit an electric accordion, it was this huge brown man, beautiful with these tattoos. And I'm like, that's not the instrument I would have put in his hands.
1: Yeah. But there we go. He was, he was just jamming out on it. Right. Dwayne Dupsy and the Zydego Hellraisers. That was one name that I got. And then uh, we find out shortly after this that Rock and Dupsy is Dwayne's dad and he played with some other people, Clifton Chenier. And it was super high energy. And Rock and Dupsy considers him the king. He considers himself the king of Zydego. And then they kind of transition into showing Rock and Dupsy playing with Jimmy Buffett. Mm hmm which is a name a lot of people know.
0: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting for me because I didn't know Jimmy Buffett lived in New Orleans, right? I know Mm -hmm. Jimmy Buffett from Florida. Like, don't get me wrong. Going to a Jimmy Buffett concert is so much fun. So much fun. It's hard to get tickets because the same people go every year. It's like trying to get Green Bay tickets, I think. (laughs) But when he was talking... (laughs) What did he say? He said he was an eighteen-year-old virgin Jesuit altar boy, and he came to New Orleans <laughs> to not be that. And I'm like, good on you, guy, right? And he and that's where he started was in New Orleans. And he said playing on Bourbon Street, he thought he'd made it right. Mm-hmm. And he was just this hippie kid,
1: and I love that. That's where his music came from. I didn't know it. Yeah, that was a surprise to me, also. And he was a big draw to yeah Jazz Fest. Like he helped it right. grow. I mean, you know, not wholly responsible, but I think he brings in the Parrot Heads, and they are a Mm -hmm. loyal group, as you previously mentioned. They're dedicated, yes. Yeah, but I was like, oh my god, this thing just got super white. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) You do see, it is interesting
0: because he probably plays one of the main stages, and they have a couple main stages that they played the really big bands on, but you see more local bands and more color and more culture in the smaller tents throughout. Sure. It's almost more fun, in my opinion, to get to go because you're really close to the band and people are up and they're dancing and like putting their umbrellas up and down as they march
1: around. Mm -hmm. And it's
0: just a lot of fun. The smaller tents are a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. They're making a great case for uh, spending some of your time away from the main acts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One of the other things that New Orleans
0: has, more specifically because of Mardi Gras Mm -hmm. But they talk about the high school marching band. So like here, being in band or marching band is really not a big deal. You do it or you don't. Who cares? Right. But there, it's a big deal. And people want to be in the marching band because they get to walk during Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and play. And they also get to do that for Jazz Fest. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot more people getting into music that maybe wouldn't if they live somewhere else. Right. Because it's cool. Yeah. And I love that.
1: There's a cat named Glenn Davis Andrews, and he talks about when he was growing up, the jazz musicians had it a little bit better in the hood than everybody else, right? Like their families ate a little bit better. Their clothes were a little bit finer. Um, he says they were always clean and stuff like that. But I think really what the draw was is people shook their hand and, and showed them a lot of respect. And so I think that attracted him as a young man looking for like, what am I going to do with myself? Well, he wanted to be a jazz musician. So right he from, they don't specifically tell me, but from context, I pick up that he's a trombone player. So, mm-hmm. which always looks like the most impossible of instruments. Cause I'm like, how do you know where to stop that slide? Right. Declan played trombone in middle school. And
0: uh yeah, I never understood it either. doesn't make sense to me, but they jam out on it. Yeah. I think as you're growing in your arm length changes, because you have kind of <laughs> muscle memory
1: to know where it stops, wouldn't that kind of screw you up as you get, bigger i don't know i don't know i guess we'll have to uh have a professional on the show to tell us a little bit more about it but anyway it always looked like a fun one to play so yeah because you can use you can go right like make those fun sounds yeah slightly cooler than the french horn that i played just saying (laughs) (laughs) i played the flute so i can't say anything yeah there was a girl a lady that was playing the piccolo she was one of the acts and I was like damn that mm-hmm. I mean it just sounds amazing so she was getting down and Lizzo plays flute
0: yep. like she's an amazing flautist so I'm like okay it's becoming cool again I mean it was cool for a bit with Jethro Tall and then it kind of waned <laughs> and now it's coming back right hey aqualung God, I love <laughs> it so much okay okay let's talk about the Mardi Gras Indians please so excited okay I had to look them up, and they they have talked about them before, but um, when I looked them up, they're black carnival revelers who dress up in suits influenced by Native American ceremonial apparel. They're about 38 tribes, which range in size from about half a dozen to several dozen members. Now, some of the people on the show talk about how it's two cultures, the Native American and African American, coming together Mm -hmm. because... During the time of the Underground Railroad, the enslaved were trying to escape. Mm-hmm. There were tribes who were willing to take them in and let them be free and be part of their tribes. Right. And so they have this respect for one another mm-hmm. and kind of blend their cultures together, which was amazing. And the Mardi Gras Indians pay homage
1: to that. And it is eye-catching, right? So to me, this looks like, think of Vegas showgirl, like big headdresses and there are lots of feathers yes. and stuff like that and yes. it is just visually stunning to see the different influences here it is very exaggerated i think it's fair to say but just stunningly beautiful it is it's amazing mm-hmm.
0: and when we they do go to jazz fest so you do see them there and we saw them i think most of the pictures i have from jazz fest are oh, real? of
1: the mardi gras oh, can you do you think you have those could we post them yeah, oh my I am find I'm some, so excited.
0: Uh, okay, I don't know how good they are because they're moving, <laughs> sure. but I'll I'll look and see. Okay, but it's just I remember just being speechless and in awe because they are dancing and moving as they're in these huge costumes, and it is pretty hot out, all things considered.
1: And I'm just amazed by them. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think the structure of this is similar to like the houses that we discussed in Paris is Burning? Uh it could be. I don't know. I just just occurred to me. I was like, huh. I wonder if that's somewhat reminiscent i don't know right they don't talk about how they're structured or how you get
0: into if it's just a location thing and this is how you're part Mm -hmm. of one or what the benefits
1: of being in one tribe versus another but if we can find a documentary on just that i'm in right (laughs) so i wrote down a name of a gentleman named alphonse robert and he talks about being in the ninth ward black hatchets that's the name of his tribe yeah so i thought oh so cool so it is very cool yeah, and he discusses these are grown men trying to be the prettiest, and like I'm like you all win. In <laughs> right? It's <laughs> so lovely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And and thank you for being honest about that, sir. Because most women would be like, <laughs> we're just trying to be macho man,
1: right? Mm, I mean, mm. yeah. Did you catch a little snippet of our friend John Hammond playing? And he was uh, one of the artists featured in the Crossroads again, the Crossroads um, documentary that we watched, and also we talked about him a little bit on episode fifty nine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just thought that was very fun that there's some crossover here for folks who love jazz and blues and and all that. So,
0: yeah, a lot between Summer Soul and Devil at the Crossroads and this one, yeah. Yep. So. Speaking of SummerSoul, they had a lot of gospel singers there. They also have a gospel tent here. So as we said, one of the original categories, that's not the right word, genres maybe, that they had (laughs) with jazz, blues, and gospel. And so gospel has Mm -hmm. maintained a presence throughout. So they have their own tent. Mm -hmm. They say they have over a thousand gospel singers over the course of the festival each year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people you wouldn't expect to come in are drawn in because... These gospel singers, they're just upbeat and it's, it's just drawing, right? It draws people in because
1: of the nature of it. Right. I think that it's infectious, right? It is a joy of the soul and they are singing and just, you know, it's powerful to hear a choir and when people are really, I don't know, exhibiting, you know, there's a lot of emotion that's being released and a lot of it is positive, at least mm-hmm. in this situation that I, yeah, I think you would be definitely, I'm going to have to see who is performing this. And yeah, I think we be really cool because the, they were yeah. saying a lot of people come into the tent and you know, you spend 45 minutes and it really is uh, quite revolutionary. Yeah. they see, people are seeking acceptance. They're seeking forgiveness mm-hmm. and they
0: find it there. It's lovely. It's lovely. And it's not like, when I think of church singing, I think of white church singing and it's just very <laughs> droll. You dry? Know? Yes. <laughs> Ugh. Like I can barely swallow thinking about it. That's how dry it is. But this is not that.
1: Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of self-expression encouraged, but I don't feel like that that's necessarily the case mm-hmm. in a church where there's a lot of really soulful gospel music. Like I think you're encouraged to move around in a different way you're encouraged mm-hmm. to raise your hand and like you know really get into it and, and in white church that's gonna get you some looks <laughs> you're gonna mm-hmm. get some side eye if you're just too weird so yeah
0: possible mm. possible that's not a fucking word possible <laughs> banishment but then if you're banished you get to keep that 10% tithings back in your paycheck so that's not
1: necessarily a bad thing right you could do some goods on your own just saying yeah Ooh. Yeah, they do show um, some footage of Al Green doing a kind of a I don't know a comeback performance. I don't know what a better way to say that is, but he's singing "Let's Stay Together" with your favorite dancers. Yes, um, <laughs> and he sounds really good. He does. I love me mm-hmm. some Al Green. I, I do. do too. And he's a minister, right? He's yeah. got his own church, and they're doing their own thing, and it just you know, so he obviously had a lot of commercial success in that way, but also he's kind of got of a um, second life um, doing a, a whole other thing. And I think that's really cool. Well, and they had discussed that a lot of people
0: singing jazz and soul and R&B come from gospel background. And so mm-hmm. I think that really helps them with their stage presence because they know they're trying to bring people in and draw them in. And it makes a difference. You can kind of tell on stage people who have
1: come from that background versus those who haven't. Right. just tapping into something that may not, you may not be able to find in a different way. Right. Right. So, right. Even to the point where Katy Perry is singing with a group called the gospel soul children. And it's a little bit of a combo of Oh, happy day and her song firework and Oh, happy day. We heard in summer soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. So beyond the fact that she's wearing some quasi futuristic clothing, she's a stunning woman oh yeah always has been mm-hmm. oh I think yes I think so and it is a powerful performance and it is really very fun to watch so it is I'm not a huge fan of her music but it's just not mm-hmm.
0: my my thing but as a performer mm-hmm. I think she probably put on a really good show
1: I'm sure she does yeah I mean I don't think that us saying that we're like eh, you know it's kind of hit and miss for me is it affecting her at all <laughs> no <laughs> It is kind of fun to see her do something a little bit different. And again, it's just, she's got a lot of joy and it's Mm -hmm. really coming through. I think that's really fun. It is. And she has an amazing
0: voice. Like when she was first singing with the gospel choir, I did not know that was her singing. I wouldn't have picked that out as Katy Perry.
1: Amazing. Amazing. But the shoulder pads she's wearing in this are... (laughs) Is that what we'd call them? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. It's like a really structured uh, shoulder for her costume, but um, it just made me think Yeah. the biggest, just comically large shoulder pads for her leotard or whatever that shit is, but. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it kind of is a bit of a juxtaposition, for lack of a better word, dichotomy maybe is better. I don't know. Either way, to see someone who's that scantily clad singing gospel.
1: <laughs> right? It just... Well, didn't they say at one point in this that when Jazz Fest first started and they were very interested in a lot of the gospel singers, some of the ministers were like, I don't know if I want to send my choir to a place where they're wearing shorts and drinking beer. Right. And then once it got good and popular, they were like, oh, okay, we'll allow you to go and minister to the flock out there. Yeah. Because obviously those people need a little bit of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just like, I think it's really funny because, again, Devil at the Crossroads, they talk about the ministers were very against, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of music because it was, um, you know, kind of taken away from the till and whatnot. So. Right. Not away from the Lord, but the till. But yeah, yeah the stuff, the money in their pockets. And, and I'm just mm. like, oh, I love the consistency of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can count on them to be greedy if nothing else. Uh so good. So yeah. good. And
0: terrible. <laughs> um, They do also talk about one other tent, which is a cultural exchange tent. So it shows the mm-hmm. roots of the roots. You have different dancers and singers and bands coming from different countries in Africa mm-hmm. and performing. And they're so beautiful to watch. They're so beautiful to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is exotic to us, right? At least to my Midwestern eyes. And it's just so engaging and you Mm -hmm. can't look away. And it's lovely. It is. It is so lovely. And I'm glad that they're able to come and perform and do that and that
0: people are able to see that, right? Because where else are you going to see that?
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're living in a time when I feel like there's a lot of pushback against anything that's different. And I loved it. I would like more of that all the time, forever. Please, like. Mm -hmm. My Lawrence Welk is not uh, nearly as fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, at one time he was getting down with the hip
0: kids, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the things. New
1: Orleans accepts everybody. Everybody. Delights, even. They're like, yes, bring more of that, please. Yeah. There's a little bit of footage. This has nothing to do with anything else. But there's a guy on a three-wheeled bike pulling an upright piano. Yep like a guy on a, like a cart Mm -hmm. um, with an upright piano and he's just playing. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, it was so delicious to see it. I've seen that in the French Quarter. Yep.
0: (laughs) And they're playing. I mean, they're playing well as the bike
1: is pulling them around and you're like, all right, well, okay. And that cart does not look like it's got shocks on it, but it must be the smoothest of rides or the slowest. I'm not
0: sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if Tommy Lee can play drums upside down, I'm guessing
1: piano on a card is not so bad. Yeah, he has all the confidence in the world because he was with Pamela. So,
0: Well, that yeah. I, I don't know that she's the one who gave him confidence, but it didn't hurt. That's for sure. <laughs> she's stunning. She's still stunning. She oh, is stunning. I'm glad she's oh. having a comeback. I'm really happy for her.
1: We need to do that documentary. So good. It's so good, guys. Everyone go watch mm-hmm. it and then we'll talk about it. That's a yeah, group, Love it. Woohoo! Can we talk about Tariana? tank ball we can okay so now we're going to move on to a little bit more modern music a little bit more what the hip kids are listening to Mm -hmm. and so again this performer is stunning and she's got like a free cape and a lot of like Her hairdo is amazing and she's just getting after it on stage. And there is a lot of non-offensive ladies dancing around her. And I really appreciated that. And I really enjoyed
0: the music. Like I've never heard of her,
1: but I I was like, I'm looking you up now, ma'am. I'm going to put music on my phone now, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. It was so fun. It was, it was really fun. I was of the same opinion that I need to know a little bit more about her. Mm -hmm. Another performer that we talked to is Big Frida, who is talking about all walks of life are accepted here. And I think that she would know, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We talked to a boyfriend who, again, I've never heard of this artist, but she does her show in huge curlers and lingerie. And so curious how that started. Was that an intentional thing or was it fuck we're running late? Let's just go do it.
1: I don't know. (laughs) And it just stuck. I don't know, but the way her curlers are rolled, I was like, She's got a lot of practice. I don't know if she does it herself, but there is nigh a stray hair out anywhere. And mm-hmm. like when I try to do curlers, and again, I don't practice a whole lot with the old Velcro ones with mm-hmm. the clips. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. These are like of Coke can size or larger. Huge. They are gigantic. And it is, it is very amazing. Her hair must look really good when she pulls it down. But the whole time that she did her interviews and she was on stage that hair was up y'all it was up
0: right and uh, yeah i thought about the same thing you can just leave the show and
1: take your hair down and be ready to go right (laughs) yeah but she like wore glasses and like did a lot of the things that i think are contrary to what we normally see for female performer right so Mm -hmm. i really dug that about her yeah
0: me too um david shaw from the revivalist talks about coming to do jazz fest i think he kind of sought it out It seemed Mm -hmm. like something he really wanted to do and his group wanted to do. And he said, New Orleans isn't a music business city. It's a music culture city. I'm like, that was a very good way to put it. It's not like Nashville where it's a business.
1: Sure. It's a culture that it's, it's ingrained in people. Yeah. I took one look at him and I thought, oh, he's taking the Joey Ramone route because he's a weird looking guy. (laughs) He joined a band so he could get laid is what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for
0: it. 100%. Good for you, sir. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we talk about so we've been talking about just the festival in general, but in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit. And that didn't necessarily destroy the city, but the levees breaking after did destroy the city. And, you know, this was in August. And the festival is normally held in like April. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like a lot of time to rebuild an entire city,
1: right? Yeah. This is a hard part to watch because, you know, I wasn't there, but I do remember a lot of the sentiment of the time that those people felt abandoned. So they are showing kind of a couple different things at the time when they're discussing all this. So Gary Clark Jr., who's amazing is singing and they're playing some of his music on top of footage, on top of pictures. Mm -hmm. But I just remember the disbelief that I had, and I'm certainly not the only one. These people were abandoned at the time of their greatest need. Yeah, Where was the rest of the country while people were dying and on their roofs and in that stadium and it was deplorable conditions? And that's the stuff I remember about Hurricane Katrina. So,
0: And I remember people saying things like, well, why didn't they just leave if they knew a hurricane was coming? Because surely everyone has the means to do that, right? Right, that's a very privileged outlook. Right. Yeah. They have They have somewhere to go if they leave. Where were these people going to go? What were they going to do? And mm-hmm. they didn't have anywhere to go. So they talk about some people still don't have a home there, right? Their homes were destroyed and they never were able to move back.
1: Right, right. And like, think about, Insurance companies collapsed at this time. So even if you were fortunate enough to be a person who had insurance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that didn't mean anything. So anyway, that's a whole nother discussion on that part. But yeah, they talk about artists talking about coping with the loss of the city. Even now, how difficult it is to recall some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And our director, producer, Quint, comes back in and he's talking about, look, Jazz Fest, we knew we had to hold it afterwards, even though there was no infrastructure, because there needed to be a sense of normalcy yeah, for the people, so they figured out how to do it.
0: Yeah. They had to show people that there was something to keep going for, right? Give them some kind of hope and give them something to take their minds off it and let right. them know for a little bit it'll be okay. Right. They were able to get Jimmy Buffett, Irma Thomas, Dave Matthews Band, Bruce Springsteen, Paul Simon, the meters. It was... I think pretty much anyone that they asked would have come to play that year. But it kind of gave people hope and let them know that we can rebuild this. We'll survive.
1: Yeah. There was some discussion about they were getting ready to open the gates. And there were some police concern because they're like, there's a shit ton of people here. Blocking (laughs) traffic. Yeah. How did they get here? Nobody knows. They just showed up. So because I'm like, yeah, people are probably desperate for a good time. I don't blame them at all. I don't either. But they weren't sure who would come,
0: if anyone, right? People have more important things to deal with in their lives right now. You know, who would come and they just had this
1: overwhelming show of support people coming. Yeah. Right. I think people, uh, you know, there was a fear that people would not come back to New Orleans. I think it's probably somewhat driven by tourist dollars. And all the message in the news was how destroyed it was, how horrible it was and to get people to come back was a real vote of confidence for the people who live there so right I was happy to hear that yeah yep
0: Bruce Springsteen did talk they showed his performance a little bit of it and he talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about it he played my city of ruin which wasn't written for this city but really worked for what was happening (laughs) yeah but essentially he was ministering to the crowd you know people were crying People were feeling it. It was just a very moving, a moving song to play at this time.
1: Yeah. I teared up. Shit. Absolutely. (laughs) Years later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It had no effect on my life. And yeah, it brought me to tears. Um, Aaron Neville sang Amazing Grace. It's funny because I heard the voice. I'm like, well, that's a Neville brother. And I couldn't pick out which one until they showed him.
1: Yeah. Very distinct.
0: So distinct. So they do have very distinct Mm -hmm. voices. Yeah, they do. Trombone Shorty played. I think he plays every year. Um, It could Mm -hmm. be mistaken. Maybe he's missed a few years, but he's generally a staple there. He played When the Saints Go Marching In. And one of the things they said, I can't remember who said it, but I love this. He's like, New Orleans tells you life is to be enjoyed, not endured. And that's my new favorite quote ever.
1: Yeah, it's a good reminder. Uh, I know I'm very guilty of getting caught up in my schedule and being resistant when things pop up, but... Mm -hmm. That's some of the best stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: My new motto in life, guys. Life is to be enjoyed, not endured. Maybe we can tell each other that. Yeah. Someone else has said that you can't understand Jazz Fest unless you're there. Like, we can tell you about Mm -hmm. it, but you won't understand until you're there. So, my suggestion to you, and their suggestion to you, is to go. Walk through those gates. Buy a ticket and go. The tickets to Jazz Fest are pretty cheap. Now the hotels mm-hmm. and getting there is not so cheap. <laughs> right. But the tickets themselves are pretty cheap. So if you can find a way there and you can find a place to stay, go. It is definitely worth the money. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So the very end, they talk about in twenty one. so in 2020 and 2021, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival was postponed and then canceled due to COVID-19. The festival had never been canceled before in its 50-year history. However, the 51st Jazz Fest made a triumphant return in the spring of 2022. So this year, in the midst of us talking, is the 52nd in the year 2023.
1: So still going. They're yeah. back and strong, and a hell of a lineup too. It doesn't oh seem God. like it really slowed down any, right? Oh my gosh, no! It's the
0: the lineup is amazing. Every single year, the lineup's amazing. You will see people that you. Didn't even know we're performing still. You will see people that you would have never put together on a ballot. And there they are all together.
1: So many, Mm -hmm. so many. I know when we were kind of briefly talking about going, we were like, which weekend did you want to go? Which weekend? And we had landed on different weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. Yeah. guess we have to go to the whole thing (laughs) then, don't we? (laughs) And it'll be a pod expense. So yeah, we can write that off. There's that. (laughs) Totally write that off. (laughs) Woo. Yeah. We'll go some
0: year. I'll go back some year. It was um, such a fun experience. I recommend anyone who can go to New Orleans just to enjoy New Orleans as a city to go and enjoy it. It's amazing. The culture is amazing. The music's amazing. The food is so good. You will gain weight. Just deal with it <laughs> and know that. <laughs> Do not be on a diet yes. and go to New Orleans. <sighs> but if you can go for Jazz Fest, oh. It's, it's a once in a lifetime or in some people's cases in every year thing, they were showing people at the end with numbers on their hands, which I assume meant which number they had gone to, how many they had gone to. So there are people who have gone mm-hmm. 30 years in a row. There are people gone for 20 years. That's crazy. I love it. I love everything about it. And I wish I lived yeah. in New Orleans, at least in the winter, maybe not in the summer. but
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a vote? this week for your honorary Aaron. I did not and I'm going to
0: tell you why. Okay. Because there's only really one person who was very consistent throughout and that was Quint. And not that I don't love him but everyone mm-hmm. else was just kind of in and out. There were so many people so just maybe the city of New Orleans could be our honorary Aaron this year or this episode. I love episode. that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to vote for boyfriend just because of her name. hmm <laughs> That and hairdo. <laughs> it is just... Um, it. She was featured. I don't necessarily think we called it out per se, but um, I just really liked her vibe. Mm-hmm. She was fun. She
0: was fun, and I can't believe i have never heard mm-hmm. of her. So, yeah, that was another one I went to look up after the fact and yeah. learn more about her also, music. Yeah. <sighs> okay. That was so much fun.
1: Yeah. Definitely a thumbs up for both of us, I think, for this, for this one. So... Yep. What are we doing next week? We are going to do... Holy hell. So we're going to go back to a nice cult documentary, which always yes. makes Erin smile. It she does. She loves a good good one of that. So um, this was released in 2016, one hour and 40 minutes. Um, we believe that you can find it on Tubi or Peacock. Yeah.
0: hmm God, love me a good cult doc. I
1: know. That's my jam. <laughs> yeah. Just so we can be like, what? A lot of raised eyebrows. Uh, that's essentially, that's <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. That's all it is, is how in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here we are. All right, guys. Indeed. Uh, I'm glad you're with us this week. I hope you watch the documentary and enjoy it and dance along with it because there's a lot of good music. And I hope
1: that you're able to join us next week for Holy Hell. Indeed. Thanks for uh, Thanks for everything and hope you guys have a great Jazz Fest, whether you go or whether you stay home. There so. you go. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. All right. us.